0: Hey family, welcome to the grabbing my sword podcast here. We are honest about our mistakes We are open about our journey. We are looking to be transformed through the word of God I pray that this podcast will bless your soul and I pray that you will enjoy it. God bless you What's up, what's up y'all welcome to another episode of grabbing my sword I am your host, Tavon Bowman, and I am excited. I say that every time, but I really am excited to be doing this podcast because this is something that I believe it is inspiring and motivating and helping people that stop and listen to this podcast. Uh, Today, I have a guest. It took me a minute to come up with another episode because I just had to sit there and think about what I wanted to talk about. And I went on Instagram, I asked people what they would like to hear And as I sat there and got the questions, you came up with a a good topic to talk about. And when I'm sitting there trying to get ready to talk about this topic, I'm like, you know what? It would be so much better to just do it with somebody because it's it's an interesting topic. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the people. You can say whatever you want. Take however long you want. All right. The floor is yours. All right.
1: So, hi, I'm Danny. I am currently ministering at the Remedy Church in Akron. Shout out to Remedy Nation. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I, I serve in different aspects of the church. Um, I used to be on the media team, young adult ministry, worship team. I'm currently in a state of just uh, sitting for a little yeah. bit. Um, sitting and receiving the word and you know just being filled Um, a lot of times as you know we minister we don't get filled back up we pour out a lot but not get filled back up so I'm currently in a in a season um, of just sitting and receiving but um yeah that's
0: good so I got a question (laughs) because I got into ministry when I was 16 and before that, well, I was in ministry all my life, actually. I, as a little kid, I was one of the youth singers. You know, they had me one of the soloists, I was a part of the young junior ushers, so I, I did a lot. But one thing that I never envisioned myself doing was being on the media team, and now I'm on the media team at my church. Let me just say, it'd be a struggle. Like it's especially at my church because we they do praise breaks and oh yeah when a word <laughs> gets too good you want to shout and stuff so I'm still learning how to control myself how was it for you
1: okay so I was thank God I was doing graphics. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I would I would design a graphic. Oh. And it would be up there. So I oh, okay. I, I was free to move. Okay. I was free to move. <laughs>
0: yeah, for me, I'm I'm on a camera, and oh, Lord. sometimes being on a camera, it's like it's hard. Mm. And I bet when you see something like in those moments, you see somebody on a praise break. You want to like get into it with them. <laughs> and I I be controlling myself for like a good say five to seven minutes. Cause see okay. at my at my church date is we do like I say three rounds of the praise break. So the first round, everybody just standing there clapping. Okay. Then you probably gonna see Kamara run. Okay. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> after, to Kamara. <laughs> after Kamara runs, somebody else gonna run. <laughs> then the the beat gonna settle down. Then Bishop he gonna start singing a a song that's gonna get his hype again. And I think oh, it, it, it'd be around the second round where I'd be like. Here we go. And then the person that is uh, over the m- uh, media team, he just be like, go ahead. Oh, man. <laughs> and after that, <laughs> we go back to camera one because i would be on camera two. So we go back to camera one mm-hmm. and then i would be free to move. Or sometimes I'm holding the camera and walking around. So that would be easier. But being on a mini- managed media team is hard because I, sometimes I even zone out and I don't even know what the message is talking about. I'd be like, "Hey, what was what was the scripture for today?" But I love it though. I like, I enjoy, I enjoy serving. I enjoy doing what I do because I just want to help the church in any way possible. But that's that's. I wish I was just doing graphics because, <laughs> even though I'm not good at graphics, I wish I was doing graphics because it'd be easy for me to be free. But I but the of, praise breaks. Yeah. <laughs> nonetheless, I love it. But you also talked about being in that. Uh, season of sitting yes and for me i've I've been there before i've I actually set myself down and I stopped you know doing ministry and stuff and for me, it was easier for me to sit myself down and ha been set down so my question for you, and I should have said this before uh we're where is it okay if we be vulnerable? yes let's do it
1: that's the only way to be let's if do you're it. gonna be on this
0: podcast you gotta be vulnerable you gotta be vulnerable let's do it um what does your season of sitting look like and how do you feel in this season
1: so i initially i sat myself down too as well
0: okay
1: um i had went through um a couple of relational changes mm. at the church okay. Um, to the point where I was, I, I was, I, I was rooted in those relationships to the point where I felt, I felt like I wasn't really necessarily focused on God, Mm. focused on those relationships. So when those relationships fell through, the, the, the heartbreak and the disappointment and all that came. And I just stopped going to church Mm. for a while. I've noticed that whenever I get hurt, I run away. I don't like to deal with things head on. I just like to just run away. And so, um, I stayed away from the church, um, for a few months. Mm. Um, I, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't tuning in. I wasn't like. Just totally, just stop going. Um, and I tell people, don't ever do that because when you separate yourself from the community, mm-hmm. it's so easy for the enemy to get at you. So easy. When you're in community, there's people praying for you. There's people um, holding you accountable. There's people um, that are that are like-minded. That are cri- that are Christ. Like, but once you step out of that circle or step out of that community, you you're liable to do anything. And so I was like that for a while. Um, When I came back, my thing was um, I I don't want to be on anybody's platform, anybody's pulpit, Mm. um, because I I feel like why why am why am I on somebody's pulpit and I haven't even been here. For three months, and I'm like, my heart is. I just I want to serve, but I want to do it the right way. You're right. I don't want to just be up on somebody's pulpit singing, carrying on. And I haven't I haven't actually been a part of the assembly for a while, for a little bit. Gotcha. Um. And so to answer your question, what um the initial question was uh, the season of uh, oh, so what does sis-
0: it, yeah it feel like to you? So, mm-hmm. what, what does is, it the uh the season of sitting how does it make you feel, and what does it look like?
1: okay, so that was the backstory <laughs> but now, um it's actually going pretty well um i'm I'm consistent in church, mm-hmm. going getting the word um and just leaving that's it <laughs> in and out <laughs> in and out, and it's actually- it's it's so good, and I feel like my relationship with God is much is it's good
0: now that's good. So you touched on a, something that's that's big. You talked about not facing something head on.
1: Mm.
0: We all have been in that season where we just don't wanna face nothing head on. I know for me, um, I'd be like, oh, I love challenges. Mm-hmm. I love, I love challenges. Like. You give me a challenge, I'm ready. I feel like I thrive under challenges. I feel like I thrive when my back is against the wall. What I really didn't know was that I was draining myself out by letting everything happen to me, not doing nothing about it, and waiting till my back was against the wall. And it became to the point where when my back was against the wall, I didn't want to face what was in front of me. And I ran, and I hide. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to deal with this no more because sometimes running and hiding feels more comfortable. It does. You don't have I to. Agree. You don't have to face it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go through it. It's just like that's the thing that I. If I can just run and hide, I don't have to see it no more. Exactly. I don't have to think about it no more. I don't have to worry about it no more. But I had to come to that understanding was. Even though you're hiding, when you come out, it's still going to be there. It's exactly. not going to go nowhere. That's it's so going to be waiting for you. And I can relate that back to when I was in the season of my depression. Um, I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago uh, where I was just drinking to numb the pain, numb what I was dealing with mm-hmm. and going through. And... Uh, What I did not know was I was participating in a generational cycle that has been a a part of my family. I I have people that are alcoholics in my family, and that's how they mask their pain. Like, people in my family have been through a lot. Um, And it has caused them to be in a cycle and stay in a cycle, and they haven't come out of that cycle because they haven't faced it head on. Instead, they just numb the pain, numb what they was going through. So that's how I was. <coughs> Excuse me. When I was going through, I was I think it was like my sophomore year of college, and and my junior, year. and really that's every college students. The only reason why we go out to party is <laughs> it's <laughs> to relieve stress. Like that's the only reason exactly. why we like what y'all doing Friday night. What y'all doing Saturday is because we want to drink. So we don't have to to worry about all the stress that we're dealing with. That became my outlet. Okay. Year 2020, 20, when the pandemic happened, that was my outlet. Mm-hmm. Like, when it was time to drink, I'm not drinking just to drink. Like, I'm, not, I'm not taking one shot and I'm done. My motto was, if I'm going to drink we gonna drink and being a christian it's like especially a christian that's supposed to be a leader it was it would confuse people like
1: talk about it
0: he he doing
1: this talk about it
0: and from the outside it was easy to judge me because you didn't know my pain. You didn't know what I was going through. You didn't know what I was dealing with. You didn't know what was bothering me on the inside. So outside, it was like, Jesus. that's cool. Like, yo, you, you, you're supposed to be a minister. You're supposed to be a leader, and this is what you're doing. Outside, you didn't understand. And I used to sit with those thoughts like, dang, they're right. But they also don't understand. I I literally had somebody tell me one night at a party they're like uh yeah I can never like listen to you preach. Hmm. I was like and I was looking hurt. her. I was like, "Dang. Cuz I, I see how you how you be, how you be drinking and all that. I can never." And that hurt me because I I, I don't want that. You know, I don't want to give people that perspective and stuff. right? But it's also like, I'm not making an excuse, but I'm still human. And I was in a season where I did not know how to deal with what I was going through. Drinking was like my thing. It was like, I'm gonna get drunk. I'm gonna forget about what I was dealing with. I'm gonna feel better, I'm gonna feel good. Because I was walking around the season of depression where I just felt like the weight of the shoulder was wearing me down. So when I was when I was able to drink and get drunk, I feel more free and loose. Till one night I got too drunk and I ended up expressing all the hurt that was inside of me. Mm-hmm. And it and it changed it changed me from to stop doing that and start doing it more socially, like you gotta bring it down, Tavon. But that was my way of running and hiding, getting drunk and just trying to forget about it but we all know that after we get drunk you wake up in the morning your problems is still there waiting on you
1: exactly
0: they still there sitting there and i just had to be like okay you know what it's time to face everything that we have been going through because in reality we're fighting a battle that we was being supposed to win. We were fighting a battle that was supposed to be over 3 years ago. And that's the reason why we're wow. tired and exhausted because we're fighting an inspired battle that God already gave us the tools to overcome. But because we were running and hiding like the like um like jo- uh, not Joseph, David brothers they kept running and hiding every time Goliath came out. Not David.
1: Mm.
0: When David showed up, he says, yo, this is your last day. Like, you're not about to just keep talking about my God like this. You know, I'll come against you. Right. But his brothers, because of the fear of how powerful, and how magnifying and big he looked, they was like, no, nah, I'm cool on this. And David, why do you think that you can defeat this person? David had a different mentality. If I'm going to defeat this Goliath, I got to face him head on, take off his head, and also take the his his weapon out of his hand. Because if I take his weapon, he has nothing to defeat me with. We wow. have to learn how to take away the enemy's weapons. And the enemy's weapons is lies. It's is the is to to get you to believe the opposite of yourself. Once you take away the enemy's weapons, what does he have? And the best way to take away the enemy's weapons is to leave him no room to have anything against you. Wow, you said a lot. <laughs> that is so good.
1: I I just want to backtrack on something though. Go ahead. You said something about. Um, during, during your whole drinking phase and yeah. how you use that, um, as an outlet, you said something like, how, like, how could I be a leader yeah. and do this? Or you would think people would say like, how, how could he be a leader and do this? Right. But they didn't understand my pain. I just want to say how many times, um, and, um, I don't know how many of you all are in ministry right mm-hmm. now and, um, Tavon and I is age, you know. Um, How many times have we been in the pulpit praying for people on the altar? (laughs) How many times have we have we been doing that and we have not been understood? How many times have we just not been understood? And I feel like. There's so many things. Um, when, whenever you go onto the pulpit, mm-hmm. everything goes with you. <laughs> this is why when you said you can't run away from from your 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 issues, your struggles, wh- whatever, you can't run away with it. When you when you lay hands on people, when you sing, when you pray, when you preach, it all goes up there with you. And it's, it's such a vulnerable state to, to minister. Yes. You're put, like, you're literally, you're, well, first of all, you're surrendering to God. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, God, I, I know I got all this stuff going on, but it's like, you're also opening yourself up to people Yeah, in such a way that you get hurt so many times and you still have to do it every time somebody could look at you wrong and you still have to do it and a lot of times we're called to people who don't even like us we're co- we're called to people who don't e- who don't respect our gift because of what of, of the things that we've done who don't respect the things that come out of your out of your mouth because of how they look at you but you still have to get up there and do it
0: and <laughs> that you still have to do it that'd be the that be the challenging part, especially for me when I, I was in my sin, like there was a season where I was leading a bible study on the University of Akron campus, and I was still sinning
1: mm.
0: I was still having sex, cussing people out <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: like just I, just I was just <laughs> I was just.
0: I wouldn't say I was off the chain but I was the chain was getting a little bit loose. (laughs) It was and it was it was hard because Hmm. I would say to read my Bible and I would see something about sexual immorality and I'd be like bro I don't feel like I can do this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I'm 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 committing to sin, God but yet I'm trying to preach your word. Mm. I can't be qualified. Like there's no way that I'm 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 qualified for this. Anytime like we do our release of glory at my ch- at my church every mm-hmm. first month first Saturday of the month. Mm-hmm. Leading up to that Saturday, I got so mixed anxiety and stuff because, like, I don't feel like I should be praying. I just, I don't know. I don't feel like my prayers have power. I don't feel like my prayers can, just hearing it come out of my mouth, it's like, I don't feel like you should be doing that. Mm. Because of my sin, because of what I did and stuff. I just feel so unworthy and so unqualified and like give it to somebody else. Yeah. I know this is my calling. I know mm-hmm. this is what you have for me. I know this is what you predestined me to do, God. But now that I did all of this, I don't feel like this is something that I should be doing. Because before before I, I, I started sinning. I was so on fire for God. Wow. Before I started sinning, I felt so perfect.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, you don't got nothing on me. <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't nothing you can say. It ain't nothing you can bring up. I sinned once. I, I'm going to be honest. The first time I ever, the first time I I had sex, I didn't even repent. Mm. Second time, I didn't repent it it took' a, it took years for me to realize that, oh this is a this is a sin that you shouldn't be doing not you need to start repenting, but when I did start to sin, it's like what the Bible says the wages of sin is death, yeah. so the more that i I sinned, the more I felt dead to God, the more I just feel like. He don't want to really shoot me. He's like the prodigal son. When he was on his way back home, he was like, he'd take me back as a as a servant. Like my daddy, he not gonna allow me just to stay out here. He he'd take me back at something. I may not be in front no more, but he'd take me back at something. When I used to go to God in prayer at the Senate, it was just like I would sit down and be like, you already know, like. Like, God, you already know why we here. Like, I really didn't have a lot to say because the writing was on the wall. And it was a lot of times where, like, sin had me in a chokehold where I was just like, no way God can use me no more. Mm -hmm. Like, just no way.
1: So when you say that you felt unqualified because you were doing this thing mm. and you were reading in the Bible and all that. And you're like, wow, like I'm really in this. And, um, was that you yourself saying that, did you unqualify yourself or was it like what other people, because I wanted, I wanted to touch on this too. It's, oh. it's, it's such a, it's, it's a, it's a thing to fall, right? We all fall. So the Bible says we all fall.
0: Showed the glory of God.
1: Yes, but it's a different thing when you fall in front of in in front of everybody. It's another thing when you fall in front of your spiritual leaders. It's another thing when you fall in front of people <laughs> that you serve, right? Right. Um. Because then it's not such a secret. It's so easy to do things when it's a secret, but when you fall in front of you, and then this person knows and that person knows and you know in church people word, spread, talk. word spreads
0: like they don't got their own issues
1: <laughs> like they don't have their own <laughs> skeletons in their cl- c- come on <laughs> but it's two different things but going back to what i was saying is did you did you unqualify yourself or was it man what other people think about about me what other people heard about me
0: So, I say it was a mixture of both. Okay. I heard what people said about me. I heard how they talked about me and what they said. I heard all of that.
1: Mm.
0: I also allow... The enemy to put lies into my mind and make me cut myself up with the law. Okay. Meaning, I will look at scriptures and be like, this is why you can't. Or that's why you can't. Or that's why you can't. Because you're not doing this or doing that. I will look at preachers preach. Mm hmm. I'd be like, wow, they look so perfect. Like like yesterday, uh, the pastor was preaching about sex. And I'm thinking, like, oh, you must have sex before marriage and stuff. And he was like, I've been a, I been, was a virgin until I met her. And I sunk in my chair. Man. And the enemy was like, ha. That's why you can't have that type of anointing. That's why you can't have that type of anointing because that type of anointing, you got to be perfect for God. And it's like, you might as well face the fact that you ain't going to never be like that. I'm sitting in my chair. I'm like, this is a good word. At the same time, God is feeding me the word to build me up, to help me to get better, to help me progress in my ability to serve him righteously it's the same time where i'm hearing the enemy speak all this negativity into my mind so i'm sitting at 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 this church service hearing god speak and i'm like this is good and i can do that and i say okay i see how I need to like not do that and I'm thinking about how I done progress and I got better at just chilling not doing wild stuff I'm thinking about all that at the same time I'm thinking about all that I'm also thinking about I'm hearing the enemy just speak all this negativity to me and I got so caught up in that that I done forgot that I got my own story I got my own anointing the stuff that i went through i'm going to be able to preach the same message and it's going to be powerful because i'm like hey look this is the mistake that i made and you don't want to make this mistake yeah so it was it was a mixture of me saying we can't do this and then it was a mixture of others hearing what others had to say about me i kid you not um What's in November? Dang. Y'all, Remedy had a, y'all had something at y'all church.
1: Was it the past event for the red carpet or?
0: No, no, no. Because me and Kamara still stayed together. What was that event?
1: Was it a worship night?
0: It could have been. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I know me and Kamar. Y'all had Sunday at your church. I know it was at your church. In fact, because okay. two weeks ago, this uh this girl that's on uh on our ministry team. She's one of the team members she um she we was we was at my bishop uh service when he got elected as bishop and we was we was uh in the reception we were just talking about i don't know how we got on the topic of me talking about a girl or something, but I don't know, <laughs> but she was talking about how she she not kissing in her relationship I said, oh no, absolutely not, no kissing mm mm." I can't do that. I'm choking. Oh, God. <laughs> no kissing in a relationship is, like, absolutely wild to me. Mm. I can try to work on the other stuff, but no kissing, like, I got to kiss.
1: Right. So I'm telling her this, yeah.
0: and then she like, matter of fact, I'm glad you brought this up. She like, as your big sister, I need to tell you that I done heard some things about you. So I'm like, what you hear, you know? Oh. So she goes on, she's like... I'm not saying no names, but. And this is where I was really like this night. Oh, I. I cried. Not not in front of her, but I went home and I cried. Mm. But she was like, um. Matter of fact, it wasn't y'all worship night that I cried and stuff. Mm. I just. It was y'all worship night where. I'm going to get to how I figured out. So she, like, um yeah this so this girl's like the reason why she don't really like to come to city places is because of you mm. as somebody who wants to do ministry, who wants to leave who wants to one day become a pastor and lead a whole congregation, hearing that you it's like you just dropped a nuclear bomb on my identity, oh man. She like, yeah, the reason why she don't want to come is because of you. She just feels she said she just feels so uncomfortable. I'm like, why does she feel uncomfortable? So I let her explain the story. She like, um, she just feels like she said, Well, y'all used to talk or whatever, and anytime she would come over, you didn't really try to you didn't talk to her or nothing. Like you would just sit there and then you would just start kissing all up on her and and try to have sex with her. So I'm like, okay, the first part sounds like me. Because when I was talking to other girls, I talk to somebody now, and I don't I don't treat her like that. Like, I would do anything for her, but that's a long story short. For
1: uh-huh.
0: another, another, another episode. <laughs> but I was in a season where, like, of my singleness, where it's like, you ever been in that season of singleness where, like, you, you want to be alone? But then, you know, you don't mind letting people around you sometimes, right? But then once they get around you, you don't want to really be around them most. So now you no just way. sitting there like they hear, but you're not <laughs> acknowledging that they hear. I can admit I was doing that. Okay. So when she said this, I'm like, this sounds a little bit familiar. Mm. This sounds like somebody I know. So I'm like, who? So I'm like, who told you this? So, oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I'm like, yes, you. like no, Yeah, you're, you're about to tell me. <laughs> Like, I'm a detective, so I showed her somebody, I'm like, was it this person? She's like, uh-uh, it wasn't that person. I can't tell you. And then she said, another girl said she can't come because she's seen how I was in college and how I used to talk to everybody on campus.
1: Hmm. I'm like,
0: dude, I, first of all, I graduated. Okay. Second of all, I didn't talk to everybody on campus. <laughs> okay. There was girls on campus that wish they could have talked to me that I didn't talk to. I had my selections of who I talked to. But she didn't. She didn't tell me. So two weeks go by. I'm thinking it's just one girl at the church. It's not even her. Oh lord. <laughs> so two weeks go by, and we had Remedy. We had y'all worship service. And the worship service is over. And I'm to, you know I'm talking to everybody. I don't know who I was talking to, but I looked towards the back, and I seen her. Talking to somebody I would have, I, I didn't even think would say this. And I'm going to tell you why I wouldn't have think this person would say this mm. in a minute. So I let them talk, and I run up to her. I run up to the, my, the, the person that told me. I'm like, it was that girl, wasn't it? And then she just stood, the the girl that told me, she just stood there. I'm like, I got you. It was her. I'm like, I had to catch myself. I was like oh. she has her nerve. And this is why I say I wouldn't have never thought that it was her that would say something like this. Because this girl was in my DMs. She was the one that wanted it. I was oh never God. talking crazy or nothing. I was just going with the flow. And I'm gonna be honest, like sometimes I flirt with temptation. Okay. Okay. I, I I flirt with it. I flirt with the sin sometimes sometimes I flirt with it too much where I give in but that's only with a select few others I just be like I just want to, I just think it's funny
1: mm. like
0: I want to I just want to hear you talk like you about to get something you're not really getting something she was one of the ones I would do that to okay I would just flirt just to be funny I'm not really about to come on let's just be serious here I'm not really about to indulge in this with you. Mm. So, I I mean, like, she came over, and I was, I did act like she wasn't there. But I really didn't try to. So, when I heard her say that, oh, I was ready to run up to her and cuss her out. Man. I never did it. It's tough. My pastor preached a word, talking about drop that rock. If you got a rock, let it go. Don't, don't. I was hosting Bible studies at my house. She would come over. Never worried about it. But. That hurt me. Because why would you lie like that? Why would you sit up there. And try to paint a picture of me. That was not true at all. Just because. You didn't get what you want. And I just. I sat there and I was like, it's funny. Because the moment you start to exit exit the sin, exit the sin, the moment you try to get better, say, I don't want to do that no more. It's the moment that you'll start getting judged. When I was in my sin, ain't nobody had nothing to say. Everybody's like, you go. That's my boy. What time are you trying to come over? The moment I try to exit my sin, here I go. Ask this, oh, he think he's so much better. Mm. Wait until I tell this lie. People will try to hold you back just because they don't know how to get better. They will try to make you feel just like them. Even though you realize this is not who God called me to. Wow. And it was so funny because I'm talking to the girl that I talked to now last week. Mm. And, and she had brung the girl up. I forgot why she brung her up, but it wasn't nothing bad. We, I think we saw my city blaze. Just so she was, she we was just talking about everybody to go there. I was like, oh, I don't like her. And I told her why. I explained why. And she just get to laughing. And she like... <laughs> That is not the first time she's ever done that. What? I said, ain't this about (laughs) a That's not the first time she's she's done that.
1: So you said that when um, the girl at your church told you about this situation, you said that you felt like you were attacked, your identity was attacked.
0: Yes. Because... I know what I do and I don't do. I know who I do it with. Like I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer in just be honest. Mm. If you play all my sins on a big screen, I'm like, I did that. I'm going to expose myself before anybody can expose me. Okay. I'm not afraid to do that. But where my problem comes in is when People start to say rumors about you, and to uh, to piggyback because I wanted I I forgot I said that story to say that when I went home that night when she told me that, like I said, it was like a nuclear bomb had just been dropped on my identity. I sat in my room, in my bathroom actually, and I cried. And, and Kamari he lived he when we lived together. He had came in and he joking around and stuff. He ain't even walked to my room yet. He walked to my room, I would say, he walked to my bathroom, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I was like really ready to like, you know what, bro? I said it, I'm off. I can't do this no more. I can't, I can't, I can't leave City Blazers. Mm-hmm. I can't lead this this ministry. Like, I was ready just to throw it on the top because there was so much rumors that were fifty percent true. I feel like I would have held up that ministry from people coming in and growing and getting what they need. And I was like, <clears throat> I don't want to do it no more. Because I don't want to be the cause that God's kingdom does not grow. And now that I just say it again, that was so dumb. And I don't mean dumb in like a bad way. I'm 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 gonna be honest. I, I talk to myself all of tough love. But I just heard the Holy Spirit say, The reason why that was so dumb is because you can never stop the movement of God. Mm-hmm. You can never stop the movement of God. God is, he's not that small that you can stop him because of some rumors, because of what you did in the past, because of what you went through, because of your sin. You can never stop the movement of God. I don't feel like that was for me. I feel like that was for somebody that's listening. You can never stop what God is doing. Yes. God is God. His word is too powerful for you to stop it his word is still going to come to pass Mm. the prophecies all the testimonies all everything that he wrote down that was going to happen on on march 18 2023 there is nothing that you can do that can stop this there is absolutely nothing What God wants to happen will happen. No word returns back unto the void. There is absolutely nothing that you can do that can stop the move of God. So that also means that even though you've done some things, even though you did some sinful things that people, some people are going to look at you and say, I don't want to rock with them. I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to hear them pray. I don't want to hear them sing. I don't want them to minister to me. Let them fall off the wayside because at the end of the day, Every person that ministers, whether it's singing, whether it's praying, whether it's, it's preaching, whether it's being an usher, whatever ministry gift that they have, whatever they do, prophesying, mm. speaking in tongues, they have a dark side to them they have a dirty side to them because we were all made out of dirt we were all made out of dust and it's going to be the dust that we will return to we all have something that we went through your sin may not be my sin but you still have something that you went through and to those people that say i can't listen to those people i can't rock with those people i don't want to hear those people minister what if that was you in that seat How about you try to be in these shoes and let me see if you don't want to quit tomorrow. How about you get into these shoes and let me see how well you handle your temptation. When you're supposed to minister, you got more enemies. You got more devils. You got more temptation than the person in the back because you're using your gift to invest the kingdom of God and that is not what the enemy wants the enemy does not want you to use your gift for the kingdom of God the enemy is jealous of you because uh, I'm trying not to preach I'm I'm sorry this is supposed to be a a conversation (laughs) Go ahead. the enemy does not want you to use your gift the enemy is jealous of you the enemy is jealous of the fact that you are able to sin repent and have a relationship with God still because he didn't because he wanted to be like God so the enemy wants to convince you that you should do it your own way. The enemy should conv- is trying to convince you that you don't love God. The enemy tries to convince you that God doesn't love you no more. He tries to do everything that he can to stop you from walking out the calling that God has of your life. So he when you are literally ministering your gift, he's going to hit you the most. He's not going to hit the person that's sitting in the crowd because in reality he got some of the people that's in the crowd already. Because they're afraid to use their gift because of what they went through. Oh, I can't do that. I, I'm just a member. I'm just coming to church and going home. But right. you, you're you sitting on your gift. You're being selfish with your gift because you're afraid of what people would think about you. When I was in the season of being afraid of what people were thinking about me, I was holding the impact that I could have on people. Come on. I didn't want to do this podcast mm. because... I was, I, God gave me the vision to do this podcast in 2021, January 2021. I sat on it because I was afraid. There's a book that I wrote that I have not published yet that I'm sitting on, on. because I'm afraid. Come on. I didn't even want to leave my young adult ministry at my church because I was afraid. I would struggle with going to on campus on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock to do Bible study because I was afraid. I was scared. I was terrified. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel like I could do this. But I had to learn. You got to let that go. God already forgave you. It's all about can you forgive yourself. At the end of the day, that matters because as a man thinketh, so is he. And I don't want to continue to think that I am unworthy. That's how. At a point in time, if you look at if you look at everything that I did, unworthy is written right on it. But the one who is worthy, the one who was holy, the one who was without sin said, I'm going to put on sin. I'm going to show you that it doesn't matter how dirty you look. It doesn't matter what you went through. I'm going to use the least of these things to make fun of the wise. And in reality, the people that are trying to act like they're so wise, they're the foolish ones. I would rather look like I'm the fool, knowing that I'm wise, than walk around thinking I'm wise, not realizing that I'm the fool.
1: Man, as you were talking, um, this this also dropped in my spirit um, to ask everybody that's listening, um, how many narratives do we have attached to our identity? Mm. Something to take into prayer. Um, and to ask God, um, and to really um, self-reflect how many narratives do I have attached to my identity? Right. Um, I'm going to be completely honest, completely vulnerable. I did not save myself from marriage. Mm-hmm. That is a hard thing to say because I know how I was raised. I know how I was brought up. And it is something that I've been disappointed about for a long time. But one narrative that keeps coming up is that, man, you are just some man's leftovers. Every time, every time that I open my mouth to sing, to pray, to exhort, you are just some man's leftovers. You are, (laughs) that's all that you are, and as Tay hit on earlier, it's a, it, it becomes an attack on your identity. It's, 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 it's far more than just a fall. It's far more than just a mistake. A fallen mistake becomes attached to us. That's why I said earlier, when you go up on that pulpit, when you pray, mm-hmm. everything goes with you. Um, and so we already talked about running away. We can't run away. So that is a question to ask yourself. How many narratives do I have attached to my identity? Narratives that the enemy has told me, narratives that people have made up about us, rumors, lies, anything. How, How many narratives do I have attached to my identity? And then use the word to combat that. Like I am not just some man's leftovers. I am this, I am that. It and and it's so it's so um, amazing that we do have the word of God because anytime that temptation lies come, come against us, we have the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. Yeah. Hence grabbing my sword. Yeah. Um and then you you can head to Matthew when Jesus was in the wilderness. Yeah. What did he do? He he didn't just give his opinions, he fought yeah. the enemy with the word of God that's good. and shut him up every time.
0: That's
1: good, that's good. Come on. And so and so, um, that's just something to self reflect and, um, to ask yourself. And also if you need to sit down, um, for, for a season, pray about it because it's one thing to go up there, um, on the pulpit platform and whatever ministry, even outside, even outside the pulpit, yeah. we don't talk about the the street ministers. We don't talk about, uh, people who are doing things even on, uh, social media, yeah. just, uh yeah. So just really self reflect about that and pray about it.
0: That's good. Amen. I, I can't let you go past though. I can't let you go past what you said. Ooh. Because I think women they need to they need to hear. More about what you just said. Mm. Feeling like a, a mess, leftover. I'm not a man. I mean, I'm not a woman. <laughs> a woman. <laughs> I'm not. A, I am a man. I, I'm not a woman. But as a man. I'm gonna be honest. There, there is, there's, there's two sides of me. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, like, you got Tay, and you got Tayvon. <laughs> Tavon is the gentleman. Mm-hmm. Tavon is the mature one. Okay. He he shows he's the he's the mature one. He still likes to have fun, but he's more mature. He's filled with wisdom at a young age. got you know. Tay is off the chain. <laughs> Tay likes to have fun. Tay don't care. Tay is selfish.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And whew, I know we're not talking about relationships, but it, it is what it is because we're flowing. flowing, and it's a it's a good topic to focus on. I've I've been Tavon to females. I've also been tayed to females at the same time. Where it was so confusing. Mm. Where I've literally heard, like, you're such an amazing person, but at the same time, you're such a boho. And it in certain relationships it became hard for a relationship with a girl to grow. What they didn't know was that I had a wall built up, so it's like I want it to be nice but not too much nice because I don't know if you're going to hurt me or not. I don't know if this is like a momentarily thing. So I ain't going to give you all of Tayvon. I'm going to give you some of Tayvon, but I'm going to bring Tay into the equation too because Tay does not want us. Tay does not want Tayvon to be hurt. Even though Tay can be selfish in his ways, he's only selfish because he cares too much about Tayvon to allow Tayvon to be hurt. So, since Tate was in the equation, I've made a lot of girls feel like you are just my leftovers. And no woman deserves that. Because at the end of the day, the man needs the woman. And I will always say, like, I don't really disrespect women. Like, that's not... That's not me to disrespect a woman. When I was talking about being a butthole, it's like minor stuff, you know. Not I'm not calling a girl a b. I'm not on Instagram exposing her or uh, you know doing all of that. Mm-hmm. But I know that my words is a gift, and sometimes I use my words as my weapon, not to destroy the enemy, but to destroy the person that I was talking to. And I didn't mean to, but I was doing it from a selfish perspective. I, I was doing it out of selfish ambition for myself. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm not a... I won't disrespect a girl, and I. but I hate when I see men disrespect women, belittle them. Yeah. Because it just reminds me, like, don't you have a mother? but then i have to look in the mirror and say that by myself i tell a quick story my dad he's not in my life or anything like that but my dad was a woman beater mm-hmm. my first memory of my father came at the age like 2ish 3ish my first memory of my life i can actually say of my life because I think it's like at 2 or 3 3 years old you start to finally remember stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think the first memory that I have was the most traumatic memory of my life and that's seeing my father hit my mother. Wow. Like I I can I can still see the police pulling up. I can still see the ambulance. I can still see me walking into the hospital with my auntie going to see my mother who's been rushed to the emergency room. I can still see that. And I said, I will never be like my father. I will never abuse a woman. And then one day God had to have a conversation with me and humble me. He said, say, you may not have been abusing a woman physically But believe it or not, you've been abusing a woman mentally. Mm. And I sat there devastated. Wow. Because I never want a woman to feel like she's not worth nothing. I never want a person to. There's a man that can feel like the same way, too. They, they get into a relationship with females, and the female just make them feel like they're not a man. No person, whether it's male or female, should feel like they can't be them. Mm. No woman should feel like she's a man leftovers, that he can just have her whenever she wants. He can just press 30 seconds on the microwave, heat it up get what he needs, put it back in the refrigerator, come back to it. No man should ever feel like he can't be a man, that he can't express himself, that if he expresses himself to a woman, he feels weak or he's sassy or he's a crybaby. No person should ever feel like that. But yet, we make people feel like that. So, my question is, what did that feel like to you? And how did you handle that?
1: Well, to be completely honest, I still deal with that. Mm. That is a narrative that is still attached. That is something that um and it's it's one of the reasons why I'm sitting one of the, one, one of the reasons why I'm sitting. Well, wow. um so For those who don't know, um, I probably sing every four or five months. (laughs) Um, I told myself I can't handle a regular Sunday schedule, um, because of the narrative that I'm dealing with in my head. And that is one of them, one of them. Mm. So it's something I'm currently dealing with. Um. Yeah, and and how how it feels it. First of all, I feel I feel disappointed in myself because, as I said before, how I was raised and all that. So I'm like, dang, like you had all the resources, you've been in church all your life. I mean, and I know that that stuff. <laughs> a lot of us all been in church all right. Yeah. and we still st- straight, but. It, it it doesn't feel good i'll t- i'll tell you that because i want to be a woman that other women look up to i want to be a w- woman that my pastor i have a i have uh, two pastors uh shout out to my pastor lisa pastor Lav. um i want to be a woman that my that pastor lisa can trust i want to be a woman i just want to be a woman that is thought highly of mm-hmm. But then when that narrative comes along, like you're just another man's leftovers. Like like that's and then and then the enemy will also say that's how other men look at you too. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack there. It
0: like, is. But we're gonna, we gonna unpack it because we're gonna unpack it because I was reading my word the other day. Talked about Wives submitting to their husbands But it touched on an interesting point That if the wife just Shows respect to her husband She can win over her husband And bring him to Christ The Bible also talks about how The virtuous woman As a woman You have So much power If you take away the woman, I'm just gonna be honest. You take away woman from me, I'm. I don't. I can't do it. I I I can't do it. I need the woman. Yeah. I need the woman in my life. I need the woman in my life. Because one, I'm not going to be gay. Two, I need that woman. I I just I'm gonna keep <laughs> saying that. I need that woman. <laughs> That woman Yeah And This is where it gets interesting Because you, you'll realize your impact When you realize Who you are mm-hmm. You'll realize your impact When you realize It's not Based off of what you did Mm. Mm-hmm. That's when you realize your impact. And here's the thing. From a man's perspective, we do stuff in the, the moment. Like, y'all view sex differently. Y'all y'all just view it differently. Mm-hmm. A lot of women, if they give their stuff up, it's because they really like the person. They really want to be with that person. They... They saw something in that person. A man is the opposite way. Oh, I'm just here to have a good time, not a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm just here to have fun. <laughs> just, I'm in and out. All right. I'm gonna text you after this. this but I'm real. just, I'm just, I'm just here to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Some women are like that too. though. No, some women are like that. But I'm saying that to say that. That's a woman. And I'm not a woman. Mm. But I'm bringing you the male perspective. Mm. Never let a man have authority over your identity.
1: Mm.
0: Never. Say that again. Let Let's a man have authority over your identity. Because regardless of the fact, no, <clears throat> no matter how old the man gets, the man is still going to have that little boy inside of him. So sometimes the man, even though he's grown, he acts immature. He moves immaturely. He does little kid things. So it's like you're basically letting a little boy who has no common sense have authority over you. And this is why the Bible says... After it talks about the wife should submit to the husband, mm-hmm. that the man needs to have understanding of who his wife is. Because if the man lacks the understanding, he can never know how to care for his wife. He can never know why she feels the way she feels, why she goes through the way that she goes through. And a lot of times, women, I feel like y'all put yourselves In the hands of a man that lacks understanding of you. And because they lack understanding of you. And because they dropped you. That's where you feel like. Maybe I can never be this woman. And the fact of the matter is. Is that the man does not hold you. God holds you. Wow. The man does not make you. God made you. So you're not based off of what you went through with that man. You're based off of who God created you. So you can't find your identity through men. And a lot of women, because they lack that father figure in their life, they try to find their identity. Or they they have a lack of identity of who they is and what type of man they should have because they didn't have that father figure in their life. But God is the father to the fatherless. So he shows you what type of man that you should be longing for. A man of loving that loves you and cares for you and is kind and is gentle with you and understanding has empathy and sympathy for you. But when you give yourself to the man, the human man, not the man who is upstairs, but when you give yourself to the man that's here on earth,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who... Had absolutely no intentions of trying to understand you. That's when you feel broken. That's deep. I, 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 deep. i Should be a life coach. I've been saying this like the <laughs> last last two days now. I should be a life coach. So it's deep. That's when you feel broken. So
1: where are we're in the process. This is, this is something I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Why do we keep giving ourselves to the earthly man and not our, fa- our father? Like where in the process. We, we keep going. Do we keep going wrong? That's, I think that is another self-reflective point. <laughs> Especially if you have cycles of this and I'm speaking to myself. Yeah. I'm speaking to myself for
0: that one. Yeah. I think it's because, let's take the woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years, she walked around with the same issue. Going to every physician, every doctor. And all they did was take for her. She left worse. I think the issue comes... We forget what Jesus can do for us. mm we forget how he can heal us he can take us and make us die to ourselves and create a new new version of us we get so caught up in wanting to feel love that we just go to anybody But the person that can ultimately love you and then show you how you're supposed to be loved is only God. So until you take that season to sit with him and to just pass in his presence and allow him to love you, until you do that, you'll never know what true love is. Wow. And true and and that, that means that true love can be around you. Like you can be experienced true love, but because you're so broken, because you done dealt with so much ugliness, you not you're not realizing that this is true love. You're gonna be thinking in the back of your head, like this person is going to end up being like the last person. Wow. That's that- that's just my you know, personally that's how I feel like it is. But It's when we go back to the father and just sit with him that it becomes much better for the individual to find themselves. If you want to find you, you have to be willing to go to the father who knows you because he created you. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to find it in somebody else. That's good. You got to stop doing that. When I went to my season of singleness, like I said, it was on and off. But when I was single and just being by myself, I was like, oh, I can do this. You know? And I learned so much about myself. I learned how if I want to be in a relationship, have a marriage, have a family, stuff, so I got to let some of this old stuff go. I can't continue to be like this. I can't continue to do what I did. I gotta give that up. If I never stopped and just sat with God, I'm gonna be honest. I would be still immature, still doing stuff, and still doing whatever. But here's the thing I really don't wanna touch on this because I'm saving this for another episode, but I'm gonna do it anyway. It was when God gave me the one. And when God gave me the one, he's like, before I knew this girl's name, I looked and I heard God say, that's the one. Before I knew this girl's name. And it was still a year until I actually spoke some words to this girl. Wow. Then we finally talked. Then we stopped talking. I still knew she was the one. Then we talked again. And I was like, I was so thirsty and so ready to be with her, knowing that she had already went through trauma and stuff, God was like, listen, hey, this is my daughter. You sure you're ready? And, you know, when God asks us a question, he's not asking because he don't know. He wants us to realize. So he,
1: <laughs> right.
0: He wanted us to look in the mirror and examine ourselves. So I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. I, I can do this. Send a message. I send a message. We start off good two weeks later, immature.
1: Mm.
0: Mess the whole thing up. So then we go five years. It's been five years. Okay. We still talked for like a year after that. But then, like, it was a, a gap where, like, with well, just really three years, we really didn't talk. And not being with that person and being with other girls and stuff and talking to them and then being single, having the opportunity to be single and then dating, it made me realize that, first of all, I don't like any of (laughs) y'all. Second of all, I need to work on myself. Third of all, she really is the one. But I had to go through all that to realize who the one was for me. And when the man finds the one,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he's going to be a man. Okay. I say that to say, women, never allow the current person that you're dating to shape your identity. Mm. Because if they're not doing their job, another man will. Come on. And another man is going to give you his all. Another man is going to step up and show you how much he wants to be with you.
1: Come
0: on. You may be dealing with some immature person. And I've been the immature dude. And I'm not going to lie. I've been the immature person. But I've also <laughs> been the one that's like, girl, I'm about to show you how much I love you and how much I want to be with you. Because that was my target and that was my focus. But you can never, 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 never. Allow a man to shape your identity. Because the man, at the end of the day, he knows what he wants. And if he's not showing you what a man looks like, you just need to be honest with yourself. I'm not the one for him. And it doesn't matter how much I want him to be the one for me. I need to go find that one that looks at me and says... That that not looks at me, but that one that shows me how much I'm the one for them. And once I find the one that's that shows me how much I'm the one for them, maybe that's the one for me. Mm. And that's where you can start to shape your identity with them.
1: Wow. Okay, so <laughs> you
0: said shape your identity
1: with them. This like, is this is a process together.
0: Together, how okay. how can we how can we make up? Because I came in with my own identity, you came with your own identity, but the Bible says mm-hmm. the two become one. Oh. So once I found the one that wants me for me, and I want them for them, mm-hmm. we come together. We go through the whole dating process, the exclusive dating or whatever, and if it goes well, we continue to. Make step by step. We're shaping a new identity now. With now it's us and we. And, and when people talk about us, they don't say him and her. They say them yeah. and they. Mm. And there, now you're shaping a new identity when you find that right one. But so many times we try to miss salt with sugar, and it it's bitter when the sugar was supposed to go with the water to make sweet water and not bitter water but because you are trying to go with salt that is not supposed to be with sugar you leave bitter don't leave bitter don't mix with the salt because salt and sugar was not supposed to go together just like spaghetti and sugar was not supposed spaghetti to spaghetti and sugar who does I, that I, I don't know i hate people like who that does? I, I, I really hate i hate that don't don't miss this Spag- don't do that i hate people like that i'm scared of people like that actually
1: <laughs> man that was really good we hit on identity we hit on Opinions. Yeah. What what else we hit on?
0: Feeling unworthy, but knowing that you're worth everything when it comes to God. We we hit on a lot. Narratives. You gotta let all that go and take take everything to God's throne. Mm. Take everything to Him, and listen. He'll do the rest. He. We'll do the rest. Amen. Before I close, do you have excuse me that you want to leave the people with?
1: I just want to say um, God the, the the opinions that people have on you does not um affect the favor that God has on your life. So just remember that. Um, as you, whatever season you are in, his hand is still on you. and Tay touched on that, preached on it. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. But, um, that's something I want to leave you with. Um, so, amen. Thanks
0: for having me. Oh, thank you for saying yes and coming on. You, you helped this episode be where it needs to be. I, (laughs) something was just missing. I love doing, I love doing this podcast. And I, I, sometimes when I do it by myself, it's still good, but I like to have conversations with people. So I just, I thank you. I and like you the reason why I brought this camera, brought this extra mic and stuff. That <laughs> camera was four hundred dollars, but I, I was like, I need to, I need to step out and expand if I want to grow this podcast and do episodes, with people. So I, I thank you. You're the, you're the second person. You're the second person that did this with me. Kamara was the first, but I'm just excited to continue to do this, but. Thank you for that topic because it made me seriously sit there and think I, well, I was going to bring up Moses and mm. what Moses went through, how his one mis- he made one mistake. Uh, I think we just need to wrap it up <laughs> because we're going to be here for another hour <laughs> if if I do that. But Moses, he made that one mistake. Even though he is passionate about leading the, the Israelites out of Egypt, he made a premature move without god on his life killing the egyptian that was beating up his hebrew israelite and then the next day he saw two hebrew israelites fighting he said hey y'all why y'all beating up each other you know y'all supposed to be here for each other and then the hebrew israelite that was beating up his brother that was sinning looked back and said, who are you to be ruler and judge over us you're gonna kill me just like you did that other person and moses what he was doing out of passion for these two people they didn't even respect him he's like dang what i've what i've done must have gotten out to the people so he ran ahead for 40 years moses ran ahead based off of one mistake that he did in his life and then he's 80 years old now and god meets him at this mountain and says listen my people they're going through something i came to deliver them i want to use you in Moses, he doesn't say, "Okay, God, I'll go." He does what everybody else does, including me. Who am I? Mm. You want to know where I got I am from? Come on, who am I that can go and that can Ooh. tell Pharaoh to let my people go? The same people that that know what I did, they are not gonna want to, Daddy. Like, come on, they not gonna want to. not gonna want to. Nah, I, I don't know. Who am I? Moses, he was so caught up in his identity and who he was that he wasn't focused on who God was. And he wasn't focused on the fact that God says, God said, I have come to deliver the Israelites. I, not you. I have come. All I need you to do is go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Just go and speak. mm See, Nah, I'm, I'm about to preach to uh-oh, myself Uh oh, uh oh I know the message that I, I, I have I know the d- delivery That I'm going to do At that altar I just need you to go and speak I'm going to do the work Just show up We <clears throat> gotta go. close, we gotta close We gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go We gotta go, we gotta go And so many people, so many people Glory to God, Come on you're so focused on you that you don't realize you're not in control. God is working in you to complete his will. You're just an instrument. God is playing the piano. You're just the piano. When he hits the button, you make a certain sound. You, you move at a certain beat. But you have to let go and let God be in control. When Moses, hmm, let go, hmm. He was finally able to bring the children of Israelites out of Egypt. He's he, he, he God God said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna be there with you. I'm gonna lead you." Moses. He says, "Okay, that's cute," but he still had doubt. When I get there, what do I say? Like, who who do I say has sent me? The I am that I am, the great I am has sent you. Mm. I just need you to go. Just go. Just step out. All I need you to do is step out. I'm going to take care of the rest. Before I formed you, I knew you. I knew your inward parts. I'm going to be with you. But the question is, can you just go? I know you feel unworthy. I know you feel unqualified. I know you feel unqua- uncalled. I know you feel like you cannot do this, but there have been many rooms that have stepped in where I felt like that. And I sat down, I've been interviewed, and I somehow I got the job. Even when I did not have the resume, I done had people look at me and say, Man, you're the one for this job, man. I see something great in you, man. I see some potential in you. And I'm leaving and I'm wondering, what in the world did they see in me? Why in the world do they think that I can do this? What was it? It wasn't nothing about me, but the favor of God was over my life. The yeah. favor of God is over your life if you can just go you'll see the favor but because you keep sitting in that hiding place you can't see the favor you can't see the favor because you're you're stuck in the cave not going Mm -hmm. you can't see the favor because you're let me take this off because this is about to fall you can't see the favor because you're not going, but the moment you get up and decide to go, you'll see the favor of God. Over you're like, how can you see the favor if you never step out? You have to step out to see God's favor. So the question, and we're gonna close. I promise you. Unless you got something, you want to say something? If you got something to say, <laughs> take take it. The question (laughs) now becomes, listeners, will you go? Will you go even though you don't feel like you're made for this?
1: Mm.
0: Will you go? And here's a hint. If you go, God will show you that you're made for this. If you go, you gonna look back, <laughs> or you gonna be like, oh, "Oh, I'm made for this," and it's it's not it has nothing to do with my ability. I've done pray, like I said, I done been praying, and not feel like I was my prayers have pro, uh, power power. I remember God telling me one day, your prayers have prophecies. I remember praying at my old church, and and it's a crazy story because I wasn't on the the program to pray. Somebody else's my my pastor was to pray. He wasn't preaching that Sunday. Somebody else was preaching, so he said, "I'm gonna do prayer." We get our assignments at the beginning. This when I was a, a, another minister at my old church. We got our assignments at the beginning, and I was still young, so like I was like ministering training. They called me ministering training. So sometimes I didn't have an assignment. Sometimes I just sat up front with the rest of all the ministers and the pastors. Mm-hmm. And I remember God saying, ask your pastor to pray. And, I'm, and I always sat next to my pastor. Like, that was my spiritual father. I'm just like, I'm looking at him. He looking at the service. But I'm looking at him. I'm like, God, God, I don't think I should do this. Ask him to pray. And I asked my pastor, like, hey, you mind if I just go up there and pray instead of you? He like, yeah, go ahead and I prayed Mm -hmm. and somebody said I came in here sick and I was about to get up and leave but the moment you prayed the moment you prayed I got healed if you just go God will show you that you are made for this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we're going to pray and get out of here. <laughs> Thank you for your favor. Thank you that even when we hidden ourselves, you will leave the 99 to find us. Thank you that you will never allow us to go astray. But you will bring us back to you. Father, I pray for that person that is sitting in their anxiety and their depression. That's sitting in their hiding space. That they will step out of the cave. And they will look and see that the Lord is, has gone ahead of me. He's covering me. He's guiding me. And he's pulling me to destiny. I pray against the thoughts that we have in our mind and on our hearts, Lord. I know the Bible says that as a man, thinketh, so is he. So, Father God, I pray that you would change our thinking to not feeling unworthy, to not thinking that we are not qualified, to not thinking that we can't do this. But, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, help us to see that we can do all things through Christ who strengthened us, that we can be content in all things. That the the that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. That you always have the final say. God be glorified and be lifted high over our lives. I pray that this podcast is just blessing someone's soul. Father God, I pray. That when we come on next time, we will do it even more inspiring than we did this time. we thank you we praise you, and we love you in jesus name amen thank you amen. all for joining in and listening to this i will see you next time i will grabbing my sword and thank you danny for being a guest god bless y'all